Challenges on this wintry, snowy Sunday morning, where we are actually getting accumulation. Speaking of accumulation, a conversation about Mayor Brandon Johnson's CPD budget. What thinkest thou? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, he started his campaign saying he was not going to raise the budget. Ended his campaign saying that he was not going to lower the budget. And here we are with some creative reshuffling um, and a budget that is slightly larger than the current operating budget, but to accommodate, um, you know, scheduled pay raises and inflation and all of that. So not a, a huge increase, but some interesting things happening in terms of the positions and vacancies and what that budget is funding. You know, I want to talk about the budget momentarily, but I got to say this to our listening and viewing audience. Um, some of the realities about taking over as the executive of the the second largest city in America? Mm-hmm. Second or third, yeah. Well, either one pretty big. Mm-hmm. Is you, you can't pay on a promise. Promise is made, promise is kept. But you have to, have, have to add an asterisk because when the prior administration left offices, left office, the fact of the matter is there were some interesting things being done that may not have been anticipated. Um, and that's just a, that's just a fact. That's just a fact. Yeah, you don't really know what kind of car you got until you get a chance to look under the hood and drive it. So, but ticket to car is used. Yeah, and if you're campaigning for this position, you know, no matter how much experience one has, you still don't have that complete under the hood picture um, of the current situation and what you're really going to do when you're really in the shoes. <laughs> Now, for those of you who are fans of the prior administration, I am not suggesting there was any foul play or three-card molly going on. But as Adia pointed out, when you buy a used car, you look at the car, you think you know what the car is going to do and what it can do and what it needs. And then you put your key in the ignition and drive that car off the lot. And that back right rear tire seems to be buckling and look round and good to me. But somewhere, somehow, some or someone may have forgot to uh, replace something that was a necessary element. And in this case, let me say, um, one of his campaign promises was to increase the raw number of detectives, those who detect. And I think he's done that. Um, those who detect in all in service of solving crimes and then freeing up um, you know, sworn police officers from desk duty so that they can go back out onto the streets. So the new budget um, creates, I believe, around like 800 civilian positions all throughout the police department, different offices, different functions, um, in order to get some more of those sworn officers out on the streets. Now, I, I'll say this, and then we're going to move on. Some of you may conclude that I am a fan of the man named Johnson. I can't help myself. My name is Johnson, too. He spent too. all campaign season going, Brothers Johnson, <laughs> Brothers Johnson. Mind your business now. That's going folk talk. But what I will say is this. Um, I am a fan of the second progressive mayor in the history of the city. Just like from an academic point of view, I was a fan of Harold Washington, the first progressive mayor in this city. So, too, am I a fan of the second. And I, I verily believe it's an all-hands-on-deck kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are we going to leave it at that? All-hands-on-deck. You know, <coughs> uh, we all couldn't have a part to play in making our city better. Now, before we go to our guest, who is in queue, I understand, I, I got to say... On Facebook, a whole bunch of folk are calling me anti-Semitic because I have the tremacity to talk about Israel as an occupying force in Palestine. Because I've got the nerve to talk about Israel uh, creating settlements that are illegal because I've got the nerve to say 
that if one side of the equation has airplanes and the atomic bomb and the other side of the equation has enhanced MD-80s, <laughs> throwing stones, because I've got the nerve to say before October 7th, Israel was complicit and guilty of war crimes against the Palestinians because this is WCPT where facts matter. So all of you who just, you know, if, if you disagree with the state of Israel and parenthetically, for all of you Bible scholars, last time I checked, Jesus said, when I come back, I will establish Israel. He didn't say he needed you all to do it first. More importantly, the, 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 the Jews he's talking about might not be the Jews we see on the news, but no one wants to talk about that. You all want to say, Reverend Johnson, how can you be anti-Semitic? It's, it's impossible for me to be anti-Semitic because I am not. What I am is anti-injustice. What I am is a follower of the most significant activist in the history of mankind, and his name was Jesus. I'm a follower of that guy. And that guy decried injustice. That guy said, do unto others as you would have done unto you. That guy said, you can't be occupying someone else's land and be mad when they get tired of you doing it. That's what I am. Can I, should I stop there or keep going? I got more. <laughs> yes. In queue, we've got the former president of the National Association of County Officials. Uh, she is a current county commissioner in Will County. And the likes of first time on the program, Commissioner Denise Winfrey, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is my pleasure. We met down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Was it Charlotte, North Carolina? I believe it was, yes. <laughs> and before <laughs> you took the microphone, uh, you talked about NACO. And I, I was kind of impressed because there were some things you talked about that I just wasn't aware of. But before we get to that conversation, do me a favor, if you don't mind, please, and tell our listening audience exactly who you are. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Denise Winfrey. I'm a county commissioner out of Will County, Illinois, your neighbor to the south. I'm also the immediate past president of the National Association of Counties, or NACO, if you will. And that represents 3,069 counties and parishes and boroughs across the United States. So, And I am the second woman of color in the 88-year history of that organization to be its leader. Who was the so first that's a little bit about me. Who was the first woman Pardon? of color? Who was the first woman of color? Charlotte Williams in Genesee, with, uh, Michigan. Hmm. And that was in 1978-79. And when I say of color, I mean not black, not Asian, not Native American, not Latina. Amen. Or two only in 88 years. Mm, mm, mm. But, you know, uh, change has been here. You stood up. And well, first, let me go back and um, clear up some local stuff. So you are a commissioner in Will County. Right. Good. And that music in the background tells me it's about time for us to take a pause for the cause. This is my community plan foundation hour. We've got Will County Commissioner Denise Winfrey, past president of the National Association of Counties. She has stuff you need to hear after this station break. Uh, Eligible Cook County residents can save up to $500 per year on their electric bill by subscribing to Community Solar. Subscriptions are available to renters and homeowners on a first-come, first-served basis. You are eligible to participate if your household income is at or below 80% area median income and you currently pay a ComEd electricity bill. Don't disqualify yourself. Contact Groundswell today at 202-505-3051 or customer service at groundswell.org. Hi, my name is Dr. Nicole Williams with the Cook County Physicians Association. Did you know that Medicaid is covered for an entire year after you've had your baby? The year after you've had your child can be almost as dangerous as pregnancy itself. Make sure to see your health care provider and get the care you need and deserve. It all starts with one meal. 
one cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Colombia, Sakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self-reliant. Visit zakat.org for more information. That's Z-A-K-A-T dot org. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. With us on the phone is Miss Denise Winfrey of Will County, Will County Commissioner. Welcome back to the program. Thank you. Um, so can you tell me, not a native uh, Cook County resident, not a native Chicagoan, um, a little bit about Will County? What, you know, are there any major cities that I might recognize in your county? <laughs> well, usually... People recognize it when I say I live in Joliet, which is the main city. And they think about it as relates to Blues Brothers, Al Capone, because of the prison. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. You, you got to make mm-hmm. the connection between the Blues Brothers, Al Capone, and <laughs> prison. prison. That was a trifecta. Let's <laughs> That's a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have uh, Stateville and the old Joliet prison. So people have either seen the older movies with Al Capone being sent to Joliet, or they saw the Blues Brothers who went to Joliet. You know, Sean Tanner. So people make those connections. Sean Tanner is a committee man, great friend of ours, committee man here in, in um, Chicagoland, and one of our uh, co-hosts on our media platform. And he would have been schooling us during the break. As soon as you said Blues Brother prison shots or Al Capone sent to Statesville, he would have been like, oh, I'm a, I'm a Yankee or Chicago card right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, most people know it from that, especially since people, big-time criminals in the Chicago area very often got sent out to Joliet. We're only 45 minutes out, but people talk about it as if it's the other side of the world. But we're right here. We're a county of 700,000. We share a border with Cook County, and we're a very heavy industrial area. We've been a big caterpillar presence during the uh, 40s, 50s, or 60s. A lot of people moved up from the south to work at the Caterpillar, GAF, the Brickyards, Dow Chemical, and, of course, the prisons. We had the Juliet Prison, and we had Statesville, and we used to have the IYC, which is the Illinois Youth Commission. So three major prisons right here in the, in Joliet. So that brought a lot of people into the area to work as well. That's really interesting. Um, I, I want to jump, if I can, up to your role with uh, NACO in general. And in particular, you're serving on the Community Economic and Workforce Development Steering Committee. Yes, I was. And I am again. Had been a member of that for quite a while before I began decided to run for seat on the board of directors, and then following that ran for the presidency. But the Community Economic Workforce Development Committee is one of the policy steering committees of NACO, and it's looking at all the opportunities for counties to be able to gain federal dollars, to make their voices heard at the federal level for particular projects. That includes CDBG kinds of projects, anything that helps push counties forward from an economic standpoint or workforce standpoint. So, I, I, as you know, uh, my conversation with you circled around or focused on the Justice 40 initiative. Um, so I'm not going to run away from that, but I would like to know, um, has Will County applied for or are grassroots organizations going after any of those J40 dollars to your knowledge? Um, we have not as yet we are looking at the possibility of the G40 dollars, and those come through the Justice and Public Safety Committee as far as NACO is concerned. But looking at that as an initiative to help with uh, 
we are patriating people after a prison stay. What we have done here, though, with the former chief judge and I put together a plan, an expungement plan, and which was initially started by the Reverend Brooks out here in Joliet at his church, and mm-hmm. we took it to, to the court system, put on expungement fares. And what we did was we waived all fees. Everything that we could waive from a county perspective, we did, so that people wouldn't have that hurdle. Lawyer fees, everything was donated. The only thing they would have had to pay, if anything, was any state-imposed fees so that they could have their records cleaned up. Of course, now that we have legal cannabis, we are clearing the cannabis-related issues on anybody's record. All they have to do is let us know. You know, we're doing some automatic cleaning on that, but then people coming forward can't clean everything, but certainly those things related to that or crimes that have a that have reached their statute of limitations, their lower level kinds of things are being expunged so that people can go back into the workforce. They can freely check the box, no, I don't have a felony and don't have to worry about they'll be caught out or don't have to lie and they can get meaningful paying jobs in this area. It's a booming area with the intermodals, the uh, logistics companies, mm-hmm. so there are plenty of jobs out here. So we want people to be eligible for them. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, parenthetically, one of our um, colleagues, Amy Stein Nathan, started an uh, entity called Growmentum, where we had an MBA light class for social equity applicants who are, um, just as you, as you pointed out, um, particularly in the cannabis space, received licenses for distribution, transportation, security, et cetera, to help uh, these folk who may not have gone to formal education like us, but nonetheless give them, equip them with the tools to be successful in business. And there's, you know, numerous folks out here selling marijuana legally, but they don't look like us. And so how can we try to level the playing field there? Because we know black folks been selling marijuana. Have they figured out a way to do it? But are unregulated, getting unregulated, unregulated, yes, and have been, you know, getting locked up and disproportionately um, included in the criminal justice system for it. And so if there are folks doing it legally, um, how can we get more black and brown folks to do it legally um, if they're going to do it? If that's the path they choose to do in life, <laughs> let's be on the right side of the tracks there. Yeah, and that's going to be a hard one because for a lot of people who maybe have the business acumen and have maybe the resources to be able to be involved in that space but want to do it, and those who would be willing to do it because that maybe had been their history. Maybe they've been involved at the street level and say, hey, Mm -hmm. I could do that at the store perfectly legal and make money on it. Don't have the resources to to be able to get a franchise. Can't put their name in the pool for whatever reason. So it's, um, that's going to take a lot of research and a lot of study to figure out how to get more people of color involved in that process. I've been following the arguments in the Chicago papers, and I see that there are quite a few people in the Chicago area who are applying for licenses who have not gotten them, but who look like us, who are on our side of the color line, who are trying to get into that business. And it seems that there is a struggle with them getting in. I'm not sure what that particular barrier is, but they don't seem to be getting those franchises. That's that's not untrue. In fact, a great friend of ours is Cook County Commissioner Bill Lowry, who uh, runs Point for Cook County Board of Commissioners, and um, they had all kinds of wonderful initiatives going on. But we can talk about that at another date. I do want to mention um, one of our great friends is Bishop Saunders of the Illinois Third Ecclesiastical Jurisdiction, and he's down in Joliet as well. Yes, he is. (laughs) Great friend of ours. I do happen to know him. Yes, 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 yes. So let's... um. Circle back around, and you and I have have promised to collaborate on the J-40 opportunities. But one other thing that struck me when you were at the microphone was NACO's commitment to mental health. What is that all about? That is about the recognition that mental health is a disease, just like anything else, just like cancer, just like bursitis, anything you might have, and that people need to treat it as that. It is about the body being di- and the head being diseased. We don't we don't mind going to the doctor or talking about going to the doctor for anything else. 
we should not stigmatize stigmatize mental health. So we have the Mental Health Initiative, and out here in Will County, we have now the Mental Health Board, 708 Mental Health Board, focused on just that, putting money into getting licensed practitioners, clinicians to work with people at all levels, whether they need inpatient, outpatient counseling, whether they're children or adults, regardless of who they might be, and being able to do that in a way that does not damn people for being sick, because that's what it is. It's a sickness just like anything else. And that people need to remember that the mind, the head is a part of the body, and you need to treat that the same as you would any other part of the body and do what you need to do to take care of it. And we need to put funding into that. We say we care, but then we don't. So the Mental Health Commission is made up of people from across the country, one of them being Dr. Burke from right here in Will County. Mm-hmm. And they looked at ways that we can help to reduce the stigma, provide more workers, clinicians, practitioners, social workers, whatever might be needed, to be able to look at addiction as a part of that, because that is also a disease, whatever that addiction might be, whether it's drugs, whether it's uh, medicines, whatever it might be, helping people to work with those kinds of things and encouraging people who are in schools to go into those fields. One of the initiatives we have out here through our ARP funding is the college consortium and for those people who go into the health professions, especially into social work, mental health, any of those areas, if they sign a contract agreeing to go into those areas and to work here in Will County, we are paying the tuition in order to get more workers into the field because we're short on social workers. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're paying college tuition to individuals who will be committed to working in Will County. For mental health. Yes. For mental health. Also for education, because those are two shortages, mental health workers and education. So either of those two fields, and, you know, we have three four-year institutions right here. We have Governor State, Lewis University, and the University of St. Francis, and also Joliet Junior College, which is the first junior college in the country. So people going into programs. Hold on, hold on. And- don't, don't be going over that so quickly. <laughs> you just said Joliet Junior College is the first community college in the country? Yes, it is. Good night. Now, now listen, now I'm a graduate of a community college, Springfield Technical Community College. That will be in Springfield, Massachusetts. Shout out to Massachusetts, just for the record. In fact, <laughs> when I attended Stick, um, our president was President Scabelli. You've heard of the Scabelli Award for Outstanding Community Colleges in the Nation? I have not. Now that you know. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know. But continue, please. So we're looking at recognizing that we had a shortage in those two areas, especially all of the health professions, but especially in the mental health professions, social workers, clinicians. And so looking for people who want to go into the area in school, they sign the contract, agree to work in this area for a number of years after their graduation. They're going to do their clinical rounds here anyway, or student teaching here anyway. So, you know, they're already exposed to us. Stay here for at least four years and we'll pay. So that's a way to feed workers into the system. That's a great opportunity. Um, more folks should be taking advantage of community college as a path forward. Uh, we have music coming in from the background, which means it is time for our next commercial break. This is the My Community Plan Foundation Hour, and we'll be right back after these station messages. It all starts with one meal. One cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Colombia, Sakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self-reliant. Visit Zakat.org for more information. That's Z-A-K-A-T dot org. Are you a homeowner or a senior, disabled or a veteran? 
You may be eligible to save money on your property taxes right now. Hi, I'm Fritz Kage, your Cook County Assessor. Applying for property tax savings is easy and free at cookcountyassessor.com. Review your eligibility, receive in-person assistance, or apply right now for property tax savings at cookcountyassessor.com. That's cookcountyassessor.com. Hi, my name is Dr. Nicole Williams with the Cook County Physicians Association. Did you know that Medicaid is covered for an entire year after you've had your baby? The year after you've had your child can be almost as dangerous as pregnancy itself. Make sure to see your health care provider and get the care you need and deserve. Hello, this is Karen Carruthers, my Community Plan Foundation Nutritionist, coming to you today on this awesome Sunday with your generational health tip. I'd like to talk to you about the benefits of eating oatmeal. Oatmeal is naturally and nutritionally rich. It has more protein than most grains, and it also has numerous vitamins and minerals. It contains antioxidants and soluble fiber, and that soluble fiber aids in promoting regular emptying of the bowel and prevents constipation. Also, there's so many different varieties and different ways that you can make oatmeal. Oatmeal cookies, you can cook your oatmeal for breakfast in the morning, you can sprinkle a few oats in your morning smoothie, and also make sure you're getting in plenty of water and exercise as well as rest on a daily basis. This is Karen Carruthers, my Community Plan Foundation Nutritionist. Thank you. to the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. We have Will County Commissioner, former president of the National Association of Counties, Commissioner Denise Winfrey. Welcome back to the show. Madam Commissioner, I got to tell you something. During the break, um, you couldn't hear it because you're on the phone. Uh, But I will say this. The tuition program you have for folk who want to um, study education and mental health is a pleasant surprise. I did not see that one coming. And we're going to have to talk about that just a little bit. In fact, I'm going to call our good friend Bishop Saunders and ask him, man, are you aware of this? And if he isn't aware, he's about to be aware. So before we get off that topic, tell us a little bit about um, when you say education, what does that mean? Does that mean pre-K? Does that mean elementary school, middle school, high school? What does that mean? It's actually K-12 because we're short of teachers in all those areas. You say K-12? So anybody going at K-12. through So anybody studying K-12 through who would like to, who studies at one of our three four-year institutions or begins to work at our junior college and then moves to the four-year institution, can contract with us to get that tuition covered, provided they go to work at our schools. So does that include, when you say tuition, are you just talking about the cost for study? You're not including books and board in that? There's no board in that. The books may or may not be included depending on what the cost is. So Dr. Johnson from the University of St. Francis manages the program for us. So he can make some, you know, if a student maybe has a particular financial need, has some leeway to manage what might be needed there. And they are responsible also for reporting out to us, but also getting the contracts, making sure people keep the grades up, continue the program. Because if they don't finish and they don't keep the grades up, they owe us the money. So which university is this? He is the president of St. Fran- University of St. Francis, but all three of the universities, St. Francis, Lewis, and Governor State, are part of the program, along with Juliet Junior College. Uh, we, all know, we all know Governor State very well, actually. We, we play golf. Dr. We, Green. We, we play golf Dr. in Green your county. Dr. is a part of that. Mm-hmm. We play golf in your county. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, and then mental health. One of the things we do on this program is we advocate that people do a mental health checkup. And we make the analogy between, you know, back in the day when the weather changed, much like today, 
you would have gotten your liquids in your vehicle changed. You would have flushed your oil, your radiator, your antifreeze. You'd have got new tires and made sure your tires can make it through the winter. Or spring cleaning in your home. Your car in your home get annual checkups with spring cleaning or checkups. So we decided that we have to have mental health checkups. Very necessary thing. As a matter of fact, through NACO, we offer mental health first aid kit, MHFA, and counties all over can take advantage of it. They can have someone come in, and you can do that. And it's not a full-scale mental health review. It is an opportunity for people to learn how to understand within themselves what kinds of triggers they're seeing, things that are unusual in their behavior, or it might be a coworker. And that's not to say they're diagnosing, but they're noticing something that's different. Maybe a person who's always very tidy, very neat, starts showing up at work in disarray. You know, you say to them, you know, hey, something's going on. Uh, can I tell, give you a number that you can call? You know, you start to notice changes, and you learn how to pay attention to those. You learn how to refer them to someone. So You're not making that diagnosis yourself. Is this first aid kit kind of like a guideline of questions, or what is exactly included there? There is a guideline of questions you might ask, but there is also the training itself that the people who go through the mental health first aid program learn how to ask and how to ask questions in a way that is not offensive. They learn what things to pay attention to and then how to refer people to numbers like for EAP, the employee assistance programs, those kinds of things so that people can get the help they need. Wow. So, but this training is segregated just to commissioners in counties, parishes, boroughs. Is that correct? No. Uh, It is available to them as well, but they can go on to the NACO.org, N-A-C-O.org website, get the information about mental health first aid, and they can contact people. We give that to police forces, sheriff's departments, schools. Anybody who wants to have it can go through the program. Wow. So it's not just limited to county officials then? Not just county officials, although county officials very often need it because they work on getting help for everybody else and very often overlook themselves. But the mental health first aid program is available and can be done. It can be done to school school boards, school districts, any place where people are willing to say, let's do some work here to make sure we're taking care of ourselves and understand what to look for in our coworkers, constituents, whoever. So I, I just got to tell you that um, another one of our, our dear friends, it's a plan word, is Cook County Commissioner Dennis Deer, who is right. a licensed psychologist. Yes. <laughs> so you know Commissioner yes, Deer. Yes, Yeah, mm-hmm. he's an excellent friend of ours, a very close and dear friend of ours. Deer is and dear to our hearts. And would be very familiar with that program. Yes, 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 he would be. He absolutely would be. Um, I want to go back to your term as... Uh, president of NACO, and I want to hear what this RISE is all about. Oh, RISE, my initiative, and it's Resiliency, Inclusion, Solvency, and Empowerment. And it's for anybody, but I was specifically thinking about women of color and the need for them to be resilient. And that doesn't mean that we don't last through some of everything we do. But resiliency to me means not just lasting through, but being able to thrive afterward, to come back, to be whole as a result of having weathered a storm. So it's about making ways for people to be resilient, whether it's access to health care, to mental health, to education, to employment, whatever that might be, to help people get back on their feet. The inclusion piece is around as people of color being at the table, especially for women, being at the table with a full voice, being included in the process, not having someone else decide for us. I got got to put a hashtag there because on this program, on second Sunday of every month, uh, Dr. Nicole Williams um, grabs the microphone and she focuses on black women's health. 
And that idea was birthed by Cook County Commissioner Donna Miller um, and then championed, we would later learn, um, over the last couple of decades by State Representative Mary Flowers. Um, and then at the federal level, as you know, Congresswoman Robin Kelly. So between right. C- Congresswoman Robin Kelly, Representative Mary Flowers, Commissioner Donna Miller, and now we can add Commissioner Denise Winfrey to the queue. Um, there is, and you can also in- include U.S. Representative Lauren Underwood. That's right. But tell me why I should include her. Well, she's very much, she's a nurse by training. She was a part of the Obama administration in the health department. But she is a proponent, along with Robin Kelly, fighting for black maternal health. And that's what uh, the focus of our first few programs were definitely on um, black women's maternal mortality and morbidity. Because we know that they are disproportionately, we are disproportionately affected by that um, and are having a harder time bringing healthy babies to term and caring for ourselves after the baby is here as well. Um, Last last week or two weeks ago, we had a program uh, with a dentist. Yes, Dr. Dr. Uh, Cheryl Watson-Lowry. Lowry, Lowry, yes. She's the wife of Commissioner Bill Lowry. Bill Lowry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, listen, Commissioner Whitford, you cannot be answering my questions, okay? You cannot finish my sentences. You, can, <laughs> you can't answer my questions. You can answer those. You just can't finish my sentences. Goodness gracious. Okay. <laughs> well, you can because you're going to do it anyway. It's okay. Yeah. So just that topic is near and dear to us as well. In fact, it is certain. I would imagine. And rightly so. The S stands for solvency because very often women do not have the same financial access. They don't know how to um, get into retirement plans, how to have financial advisors. They don't know who to look for, who to trust, don't have access very often, don't know, don't have the same standing in banks and mortgage companies that men do. So that's a part of the solvency, having that training, that access, being taught how to manage their finances, to budget, to gain secure credit, to get entrepreneurial dollars if that be needed, whatever that might be. That's, and and that's huge. Um, I just want to stick on the S for a second. <laughs> she, she says some nuggets, and she just flows right yeah. through them. <laughs> um, because we... We make different decisions when we have financial independence and financial stability. And so, you know, there's a a lot of folks who talk about, you know, the reliance on federal help and federal assistance and, you know, women's reliance on that. But uh, a lot of the structural and institutional factors that you just named are at play. And so, yeah, I think that's huge to try to work on and access those women who need help. Um, and education to make better decisions um, for not only themselves, but their families, their households, their children. Exactly. And so that's a big piece of it. And then the last piece being empowerment, very often women have foregone education in order to manage the family, whether it's, you know, maybe that they need a GED, maybe they've done just two years, got an AA, but don't have that further degree or further technical training that would allow them to move up in an organization, which then would improve their financial income, which would allow them to provide better for their families and then also to have better financial security. So whatever those programs might be or need to be in order to help women to have that opportunity for advancement. You know, very often women would go to grad school if they could afford it. And yes. They, as you know, the cab for grants is uh, pretty Commissioner high. Winfrey, so I'm, I'm so sorry. Commissioner Winfrey, hold that I thought. Music. <laughs> yeah. music in the background reminds us it's time to take our last pause for the cause. When we come back, it will be the action segment. You know how we do. This is the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. We've got Will County Commissioner Denise Winfrey, former president of the National Association of Counties, She will be right back after this last station break. It all starts with one meal, one cup of fresh water, one generous person. Sakat Foundation of America puts humanity above all else, working to help as many people as possible with food security, emergency relief, 
education, and much more. From Chicago to Bridgeview, California to New York, Cambodia to Colombia, Sakat Foundation of America has been on the ground for nearly 20 years to provide immediate and sustainable aid so people in need can become self-reliant. Visit Zakat.org for more information. That's Z-A-K-A-T dot org. Are you a homeowner or a senior, disabled or a veteran? You may be eligible to save money on your property taxes right now. Hi, I'm Fritz Kagey, your Cook County Assessor. Applying for property tax savings is easy and free at CookCountyAssessor.com. Review your eligibility. Receive in-person assistance. Or apply right now for property tax savings at CookCountyAssessor.com. That's CookCountyAssessor.com. Hi, my name is Dr. Nicole Williams with the Cook County Physicians Association. Did you know that Medicaid is covered for an entire year after you've had your baby? The year after you've had your child can be almost as dangerous as pregnancy itself. Make sure to see your health care provider and get the care you need and deserve. Welcome back. Welcome back to the program. This is the My Community Plan Foundation Hour. With us on the line is Will County Commissioner Denise Winfrey. Welcome back to the program. Thank you. Uh, we were just talking during the break about how great you are and how we are <laughs> <laughs> excited to give your voice, give your you know information another platform and another opportunity to tell people about the great work happening in Will County, not exclusive to Joliet, but inclusive of Joliet. Um, and not yeah. just Will County. I mean, the initiative that you started with NACO, uh, when you grabbed the microphone and I was telling the folk in studio that I just kind of felt like you needed more time because you had to just grab it and just rattle stuff off. But everything you've said, much like today, requires and indeed deserves space for you to talk about what it is, why it is and how it can help you. And we're just like madly taking notes here, everything from educational opportunities in Will County. Listen, if you are if you are intentional about a career in education or mental health, you might want to give Dr. Johnson, president of the University of St. Francis, a call. They've got money for you to get through school, and then they'll employ you. Goodness gracious, how hard is that? Well, like uh, Daddy O'Daly used to say, it's like a drum with a hole in it. <laughs> I have not heard that one. Not heard that, <laughs> that was a reach back, wasn't it? <laughs> it really was. It really was. And then from that, um, this mental health first aid kit that is offered through NACO, another one of your initiatives. And that first aid kit is not exclusive just to county officials. If you are in law enforcement, if you're in education. Um, if you have contact with mass amounts of people on a regular basis, you should be, you know, trained in assessing their mental health and mental wellness. Um, because just as you mentioned earlier, Commissioner, like, you see, if you see someone on a regular basis and start to see changes in their behavior, they stop combing their hair, stop wearing it, you know, come to work smelling, you know, a certain kind of way, and yeah, all of a sudden and, start you know, coming, you, showing you, know, you should know one you know what to how look to refer for them to and someone who can give them some help. And that's yes. really the bottom line. You, you, when you see someone limping in, your question is, man, have you gone to see your doctor? Well, if you hear no, someone so, coughing, hold on. you ask the them that question too. The importance of the first aid kit, though, is it's not just asking the question, but it's asking the question appropriately. And I think sometimes yeah. what we miss is, you know, you could call someone out and that person could then feel called out, feel attacked. And then that's kind of where the stigma comes into play and they don't want to feel ostracized. And maybe they just stop showing up altogether because the way, you know, someone approached them. Um, and so what I think is really transformative about the first aid kit is it's, you know, educating people on the right questions to ask, the right ways to ask these questions so that the response you get can end up being productive for that person's life and not turn them away. 
Exactly. That is the important piece is, you know, you may just say to them, you know, I noticed uh, you're doing X, Y, Z. You didn't used to do that. What's changed? Yeah. And then you let them say whatever they need to say. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's a way to open a conversation without challenging them or degrading them or, you know, stigmatizing them. Yeah. I've got to ask you this question. It's it's darn near axiomatic, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, Commissioner, Madam President, what yeah. makes you a change agent? Mm-hmm. You said, ooh. That's quite a question. <laughs> Give me quite an answer. I think it's the cup. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, please, go ahead. Oh, I'm saying I'm... I would say that it's because I just have a need for people to have opportunity, period. That's it. Whoever they are, however they are, I need for them to have the opportunity to improve their lives, to do better, to live to their best ability. I want everybody to do their best, be their best self, to be what makes them happy, not what I think they should be, but what makes them happy, what makes life good for them, because that's what I want for me. I want to be able to live my best life, to do what I feel is best for me, and what makes me happy. So I want the same for everybody else. So I'm going to argue that that perspective may have been what was behind you winning the Joliet Chambers Athena Award. Oh, yeah, I did. (laughs) Well, when you win so many, no. (laughs) What is the Athena Award? I didn't know they knew about that in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) What is the Athena Award? And it is, it is Athena, if you may be familiar, is the Greek goddess of wisdom, and symbol being the owl and the feather, instead of being the quill pen. But the it's given out through the Joliet Chamber of Commerce and some other chamber of, chambers of commerce around the country because there is a national association of that. Mm-hmm. And it's given to each year in this community, it's given to a woman who the committee sees as having done things that lift women, that support women's causes, that push for the betterment of women overall in society. Mm. And by the way, yes, we we, um, recognize those things here in Chicago. Um, Just a little FYI. I'm just saying. I know you do those kinds of things, but I didn't know you knew about Julia. (laughs) (laughs) That was a surprise piece. Certainly you do, because you have the Chicago Foundation for Women and a number of other things in Chicago that look to support, uplift, and encourage women going forward. And we have some show enough, show enough, get down, handling the business women in and around Cook County and Chicago. I'm not going to go down a list of names, but I'm here to tell you, we got a whole bunch of folk look like you and are just as innovative as you are and just as courageous as you are. And more importantly, reach back to make sure that once you are through with your service, that there is someone in the queue ready to step up and move the work forward one more, a little more than that which you did. So I'm, I'm just so honored um, first to be a son of a black woman. How about that? And to um, make time to acknowledge your, your work um, and then do this for me, if you will. This is our action segment. And herein lies where we specifically ask you to give some homework to our listening and viewing audience about doing something and doing good in their neighborhood, not just your square geography, but throughout wherever you, your footsteps find the pavement. Give us something they can do. Okay, certainly I can do that. I happen to belong to a group called the National Hookup of Black Women, and I'm in the Joliet chapter and have been for years. One of our mandates is literacy. We give away books to to children and adults, actually, in English and in Spanish, and there's all of our programs are free. We have STEAM initiatives. We have tutoring after-school programs. We have food pantry and things like that. So I encourage everyone to be involved in some sort of an organization. It doesn't have to be that one, but it's some organization that supports helping people to do better than they have been, whether you're working in a food pantry, whether you're tutoring after school at the local library, whether you go to one of your neighborhood schools and volunteer to help children do better, 
so they can get a foot up. If you're a retired teacher or a nurse, help out in some kind of a neighborhood program that allows people to have the advantage of your skills. Do something that supports somebody else getting another step up. Mm. Do something that supports someone else. Look at you. I'm going to roll with that one for a minute. <laughs> it's something that we can all, you know, take and make personal as well. Um, so whether it doesn't have to be all day, every day. I'll just add to that. If you're retired, you know, we have plenty. In our particular chapter, we have a lot of retired school principals. So some of them go back and they mentor to young principals coming in about how to, you know, do better as principals, how to be successful, especially my sister's help with that. So you can do it no matter what you do. We have retired nurses who volunteer at local clinics. At the free clinic that I'm on the board for, we have a lot of nurses who are retired who volunteer. There are any number of ways, and you don't have to have necessarily a credential. If you have a willingness to work and to help, there's a spot for you. If Somewhere you in your immediate vicinity, there is a place where you can work and give back. And I say, do that. So here, um, what do I? Another one of our friends is Cook County Clerk. Um, she says your County Clerk Karen Yarbrough, and yeah. her moniker yeah. that we've adopted is democracy is not a spectator sport. It is not. But it can only know. happen if people participate. There's a lot of uh, life when <laughs> community building is not a spectator sport, and I think. That's what we're getting at, too, with find a way to help and give back and give someone else an opportunity. Don't just, you know, go float along through life on your own little island, um, but to continue to reach back, reach around and find your place to do service. Um, we have music. It's always yeah. a place. Oh, nope. Go ahead. <laughs> Last word. It's always a place. And, you know, regardless of what your particular skill may be, there is something you can do. You just have to be willing to do it and then get out there and do it. Those are the sage words of Will County Commissioner Denise Winfrey. She is the immediate former president of the National Association of Counties. And look, we are just pleased as a porpoise to have her on the show today. She surprised us with information that you can use. Thank you so much, Madam President, Commissioner Winfrey, for joining us early on a Sunday morning. This has been and will always be the My Community Plan Foundation. Our wishing you a super fantastic and grateful week.